is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tech Girl, Miriam Joir. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joir, and today is Wednesday, April 11th, 2018, and my guest is the awesome, wonderful Judy Stanford of Gear Diary. Hi, Judy. How are you? Hi, Miriam. I'm good. You're excited. It's your first time on the podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm super stoked to have you. This is great. Um I know you don't just cover phones, so we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff on this podcast, but I do have some news items to go through at some point. What I want to know, though, is that you told me that you've had a really interesting experience with the Motive Ring. And, you know, I used to work for Pebble. Wearables are close and dear to my heart. Tell me about Motive. Well, here's the thing. Um, A lot of people are used to trackers that are watches or that are a wristband or that they have to clip onto their clothing. And those are fine. But I have a watch that I like to wear. So I don't want to wear a replacement watch. And I have bracelets that I like to wear. And I don't want to wear a clunky rubber band. So the Motive Ring is a titanium band that, as the name implies, you wear as a ring. So as long as you have a free finger or one that's not going to bump up against another ring. It's very easy to wear, comfortable, and the battery lasts for about three days. Now, you are, I know, you are giving up a couple of things, though. If you're used to wearing a wrist tracker, most of them have some kind of functionality where you get notifications from your phone, you know, like if somebody's calling or if you have a text. This ring does not do that. But, I mean, honestly, you usually have your phone on you anyway, So do you really need to take up battery life with that? So I'm okay with it, but it might be a turnoff for somebody else. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, I mean, you said it's titanium. That's pretty remarkable that they were able to make a wearable this small with three-day battery life. So tell us a little bit, how does it charge? Like, how does it, does it vibrate? Is that how it notifies you then? Well, okay, so... There is an app and it does tie in with Apple Health and I believe that they're in the process. They've got a beta going on for Android right now, but you use a little USB charger and it just slips on there. And honestly, what I'll do is I'll be sitting at my desk in the morning and I'll just slip it off my finger and throw it on the charger and then it'll glow saying that it's ready. So it's really easy just to fit it into your routine to charge it regularly. Right. But um, they, it will... Um, set off little LEDs occasionally to let you know, like if your battery is low or if you've been active, it'll just kind of flash for a minute, that sort of thing. But it's not heavy on notifications. It's It's mostly tracking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not some gaudy ring either. It's actually a very simple band. Oh, I don't know. It's probably about a quarter of an inch wide. And um, it has this I think it's available in either a dark gray or a um, rose gold, which is what I've got. And then it's got like this one single dark band where the LED is hidden that goes across it. And so, it's just, nobody even knows it's tracker. That's what's so cool about right. it. Right. Does it glow under your f- under the ring or on the yes. outside of the ring? So it's very discreet it, then. Well, it glows on the outside, but it'll also glow on the inside because it has a heart rate monitor. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's tracking that as well. Wow. That's impressive. And it tracks your sleep. (laughs) Yeah. So so the sleep, tell me, this is the thing that I find is missing from a lot of trackers, which personally, Mm -hmm. I, you know, we did at Pebble and we did it okay, but I thought the best implementation I used so far was the Microsoft Band back in Mm -hmm. the day. Back in the day. Um, (laughs) Back in the day. So... Tell me about the sleep tracking. Like, does it work well? Are you happy? Because this would be a very comfortable thing to wear at night, yeah? It is very comfortable to wear. And I am happy with the sleep tracking. Now, bear in mind, I also have, um, oh, what is it? The the sleep number bed. So I've got oh, sleep wow. tracking going on there. Hey, let me tell you, it's like the best purchase I have ever made. I broke down, bought it, and my husband and I telling you we sleep like babies every night on a hundred how ridiculous is that anyway <laughs> um if if you're not aware of what i'm talking about they do all these sleep numbers where you know it goes from i guess zero where you're probably lying on top of the mattress bottom to a hundred which is like sleeping on a board and yeah it is so freaking comfortable but anyway 
Back to the motive. Sorry, you're gonna have to rein <laughs> me hey, in. <laughs> you know what? It's uh, this might not be mobile tech, but it's related. <laughs> no, and right, right. We, we all it's like we all need to eat. We all need to sleep. Yes. We all need to go to the restroom. So you know there are some <laughs> things in life that you cannot avoid, no matter how this much you want to talk about technology. And uh, sorry, but the sleep numbers bed is technology. So you're totally in scope. Don't worry about it. Well, thank you. So okay, back to the motive ring. It actually does a really good job of tracking your sleep and it will tell you your sleep trend. It'll let you look at how your seven day average, how many hours you've slept, but it also tells you how many hours of your sleep were restful and how many were restless. And that's something that some sleep trackers don't seem to do a very good job of doing. Now, it's not super, super detailed. I mean, let me pull up one real quick. Okay, here's one where I slept for nine hours and 37 minutes. Yeah, that was a really good night because my average is more like six hours and 57 minutes. You're still so, ahead of the curve, I think, <laughs> for tech journalists, you, honestly. I am, I am one of those people that if I don't get eight hours regularly, I will sleep for 15 hours to make it up as soon as I can. But I can go, like when we're at a show or something, you know, one of our conferences, I'll get three hours of sleep every night. But I promise you, when I come home, I am out for 24 hours. It is, got to get it. So anyway, back to um, the tracking, you know, all right, here's the night that I did nine hours, 37 minutes. It said nine hours, four minutes were restful. 33 minutes were restless. So it's it's telling you. And then, of course, it gives you the the graph where you can see where you were active or where, you know, rolling around or whatever, or where you were out cold. So I think it's pretty, pretty well-rounded as far as what it shows you. I mean, it's not quite as detailed as the information I get for my Sleep IQ app for my bed, but it's still really good for a little, you know, $200 ring versus a $5,000 bed. All right. right. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Um, so in terms of uh, like health and fitness tracking, obviously mm -hmm. the sleep tracking seems to be pretty well sorted. That's good. Yeah. Uh, tell me, and, and it's not focused on notification. I get that. For some reason, I thought like, you know, how, like, cause you know, I'm as an ex engineer or, you know, you, I think you're always an engineer because your mindset, but um, you know, I always thought like, if there's a vibration motor in there, how did they fit it in there? I guess they didn't. So that makes sense. No. But yeah. um but tell me a bit about about the the health and fitness. I mean, for me, I'd be more interested in like kind of like health tracking in the sense of like how many steps, my heart rate, um, things like that. How comprehensive is it for that? It's quite comprehensive. And what I like about it also is that it's constantly gathering your heart rate. So if you're doing something like, oh, I don't know, like a really intense yoga session where your heart rate might be different than it would be, say, if you were walking. I mean, it notices that there are different fluctuations in your heart rate. So mm -hmm. it'll even ask you, um, if it didn't pick it up as an exercise, it'll ask, were you active? Because your heart was doing something, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I bike, so that's where I get predominantly get my exercise. And it's, it's great because it realizes that I'm moving, but obviously I'm not walking. So it's not necessarily counting the steps, but it realizes by my heart rate, that I am definitely working out. And so it'll come back and it'll ask you, were you active? And then you're able to tell it, yes, you know, 20 minutes active, hour, 50 minutes, whatever it is. So it's, it's very sensitive, surprisingly sensitive. And I've been really pleased with it, honestly. I feel like it does as good of a job as a full-size fitness tracker, but... I don't know. I feel pretty jaded about it because I feel like I've tried every fitness tracker. <laughs> well, you try. This is what I love about Gear Diary. Those of you who are not maybe familiar with the site is Judy, mostly you, you have a small team of people. I know that, but the amount of like how productive you guys are on that blog blows my mind. Like, Oh, you thanks. review so much stuff and it's so broad too because you don't just cover you know phones like i do mostly i mean i do a little bit of car coverage because i consider cars to be mobile devices very large ones they really uh, are but, but you do cars too like yes and and it's kind of amazing to me how broad your coverage is and how much you produce like <laughs> is there a secret you want to share with us <laughs> <laughs> get lots of sleep <laughs> yeah apparently no. yeah there you honestly go. Miriam the whole reason I started doing this and perhaps the reason you started doing this is because I was a fan there were things that I wound up buying that I liked 
using that I wanted to talk about. And that was the whole thing about Gear Diary. And, you know, when I worked at the Gadgeteer before also, it was, you know, what are you using? What are you enjoying? Um, We'll talk about that. And it's never just, okay, I have a phone. It's also, okay, I have a phone and I have this really cool world charger and I have these really cool headphones and I have this really cool whatever, you know, um, adjustable desk that you can stand at or you can sit at. You know, there's all these different things that we use every single day. And I wanted to be able to talk about all of it. And so that's why we're not just a phone site or just a car site. It's just gear. What do you use? It's gear. Yeah, no, I get it. And you know, it's just that's why I'm amazed. It's that it's it's hard to have such a broad coverage base, right? Like part of the reason I decide to focus mostly on phones is because mm-hmm. I wanted, you know, that's what I was really passionate about at the time and still am today. But it was mostly like Hey, I can, you know, I can be niche, right? That way I can distinguish myself from Absolutely. the rest. This is years yeah. ago, obviously. Now everybody does phones, but well. back when I did it, it wasn't very common, right? So yeah, that's cool. So motive, yay, nay, recommended. Absolutely Do you think it's the best tracker you've had so far? The, the one that fits in your life the best? I do, but I will put one thing out there. Do not expect to purchase it and get like a small, medium, or large. It's a ring, so you have to find the right size. So what they do is they send you a sizing kit, and you have to figure it out, and mm-hmm. then you tell them which size, and then you can get it. So it's not like you're going to order it and have it you know, three days later from Amazon, although they are selling on Amazon now. Um, you're going to have to fit yourself to it. And so I wound up getting a size ring that I don't, actually think that I wear. So that's why you need to try it on instead of just ordering one and thinking that it would work. Yeah, yeah, I understand. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cool. Um, Any other technology that's made you go, hmm, I needed this Hmm. in my life recently? Because obviously, you know, the sleep numbers uh, bed, that's a little (laughs) off topic for us, but I mean, it's still technology, Uh, but it's been around for years, right? They just keep refining the technology behind it. Okay, I haven't I tried tell one, you to about, be with you, but, I will tell but, you about one other thing that do, I recently do, do, reviewed that yeah, yeah. is crazy. Um, so I was a I was a judge at Last Gadget standing at CES and one of the one of the people that came out to talk about their product, it was for this headset called Modius. And I remember sitting there listening to them do their spiel. And I um, leaned over to Helena, who was sitting next to me, also a judge, and I said, if this thing really works, I want to try it out. So what the deal is, is it's this headset that you put on and you wear for an hour every day. And it's connected to these electrodes that go behind your ears. And by wearing Uh this headset for an hour every day, it is supposed to help rewire your body so that you can lose weight, lose fat, be more relaxed, has turned out to be one of the side effects. And, um, be less stressed. That's it's it's all of the benefits that you would get if you were working out. And then they're not telling you not to work out. Let me put it that way. This is this is like a hand in hand type thing, but it's weird because it actually rewires you. And so I have been using it for oh gosh, I guess I'm going on my eleventh week. Uh-huh. And the weird thing, and Miriam, I am like the most skeptical person in the world when it comes to stuff like this. So I'm like, yeah, okay, it's a tens unit. You know what I mean? It's gonna, it's gonna give me abs. No, it's not that. <laughs> but I found out after about the second week of using it that it took me three minutes to go to sleep. All right, and you need to understand, I suffer from insomnia, or I used to suffer from insomnia. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it was the worst. And all of a sudden, I would lay down and I was out cold. Okay. And so there was that. And then I found out that it was like helping with my stress levels too. That's the other thing. Super type A, super excitable. I mean, you could probably tell because of the way I just run at the mouth. But anyway, (laughs) I I mean, it's just me. Well, it's just me. And so it was weird though, because there's also a huge stress element to that. And it actually was calming me down. So I didn't lose weight with it. I didn't lose fat with it. But I lost an inch and a half on my waist and on my hips without changing my diet and without changing anything else. And I haven't measured myself in the last three weeks, I mean, since I finished the review. But just the fact that by changing nothing, I was sleeping better, I was less stressed, and I lost an inch and a half from two different spots on my body. Crazy. I mean, consider me a believer. (laughs) What is it called again? It's called Modius. Hmm. And, um, yeah, I think it's modiuslife.com. 
Let me okay. see. Yeah, and it's it's just a crazy headset. Um, like I said, it was it was one of those things where I was like, if there's any way in the world that this works, I can't see how it would work. But it right. did. It's modiushealth.com. Sorry about that. Yeah, send me the link. That way I can put it in the show notes. Um, I will. Sounds, sounds interesting. I, uh, I wonder um, how it works. You know, that's kind of interesting to me. But, um, you know, they've got all bunch- of the science on there. And I, I really went into it in the review. So obviously, you, you, said, you said you tested a whole bunch of health trackers. Um, until yes. the Motive Ring, what was your favorite? Um, that would probably be the, it used to be Withings and now it's Nokia. I liked the, um, the steel HR. Oh yeah. The activity yeah, steel. Yeah, exactly. Called. And I actually had purchased one of those, um, what were they? $499 activities. The ones that had the Sapphire crystal and, um, they were actually Swiss made. I, yeah, I had that one. That's the one. Yes. I yes. Well, I had that one. I loved it, but then they came out with the, um, HR and I wanted to try that, but see, this is where it goes back to. I had a watch that I really loved that I could never wear anymore because I was wearing a watch health tracker. And I think you've actually run into me before when I was wearing a watch and a health tracker watch on the same arm, because I'm a dork like that. But it was because I wanted the tracking, but I also wanted to wear my regular watch. And so um, having the motive ring has made me not have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, that's cool. Um, So yeah, you know, it's interesting how Nokia acquired Withings. Yeah. you know, I like their approach to, you know, making just a watch that has just a single dial. I'm a little less excited now that they have a display in there in some way. I don't know how to explain it to you. Like, I know the, the latest ones are a better product. They're nicer. They're more refined, you know, because it's like, what, the third or fourth iteration of the product. But well, to actually, me, as soon as I put that display in there, it just kind of yeah. lost something. No, I understand. I totally do. And that's why... I have the black one with the black display because it's not as obnoxious as the white one. Okay. But I do, I mean, when you're going from the actual, the higher end activity to, you know, one of, one of these HRs, you are going to notice a difference and there, there's still a very good quality watch, but that actual activity, the one that we were talking about, the higher end one, it was, it was stunning. Oh, yeah. I was amazed at how, personally, I was amazed at how long the battery lasted on that watch. I mean, it's yeah. a watch battery, right? Wasn't so it like, like six months or something? I can't even remember because the HR is a rechargeable one. So, but yeah, it seems like it was six months that it would last. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, even more for me. I think it might have lasted nine months. I, I never, oh, wow. when the battery died, I never replaced it, to be honest with you, because then, you know, because I was reviewing others at that point, yeah, you, you kind yeah. of cycle through. Uh, so I really haven't used it in a long time. So I really mm-hmm. actually don't know how much the software has improved for long in the, in, in the last little while. But um, speaking of Nokia, um, I want to have you, I want to pick your brain about, you know, to kind of divert back into phones. Yes. They're kind of making a comeback and you were at MWC. Uh, and so I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on the, the revival of Nokia as an Android phone manufacturer. What is your take on that? From somebody who's not as phone-centric as me and my listeners, I'd love to hear your feedback on that one. Okay, well, I may not be as phone-centric as you, but you have to realize I've been reviewing phones since 2000. So yeah, I have so seen... you have something to say. That's what I'm saying. I have something to say. Oh, um, damn, so, I love so it. Go, <laughs> tell me. Here's the thing. When Nokia was making Windows phones... They were some of the best made phones I had ever used in my life. What was it? The 1020 that had that amazing camera on it uh-huh, yeah, yeah. and just the build quality of the phones. They were so fantastic. And so Android was starting to come up and I was like, you know, if they would ever make a Nokia Android phone, I would be all over that because there was a software issue with Windows phone. Nobody was making the apps. So seeing that all the apps were going to Android and, you know, iOS, it was like, why can't Nokia do this? But of course they were not going to, they were tied to Microsoft at the time. And so now going to Android, I think their phones are really excellent. And I love, I love that they're bringing back the banana phone. I know. I mean, <laughs> how did you feel about the 3310 last year? Um, you know what? I'm going to have to claim ignorance on that because I, I'm not familiar with the 3310. 
So that they, that was the first revival of an old Nokia they did, and I was ah, in, okay. in the, oh, the oh, right, right. That was the little. That was the little. Yeah, candy the little bar one phone. with yes, snake. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Did, yes. Did you play with it? Like, did, what did you? I even did. if you didn't, what are you? What were your thoughts? Um, honestly, it reminded me of the phone that my husband was using when we first started dating. <laughs> oh, so that's probably not a good thing. Right? It's, it's not because the first thing I did was put him on a better phone, but it was just <laughs> kind of nostalgic and I don't know, cute, you know, it just something, there's something to be said about having a phone that is just a phone that isn't constantly pinging you with Facebook or Twitter or, you know, other updates other than texts or phone calls. And there's something simple and pure about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I, I honestly, I can see the appeal for people to just have a phone that is a phone. So, you know, and then there's my mom. This is totally the kind of phone she'd want. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think? I mean, does she oh, no, want text? <laughs> I totally know. No, she doesn't even text. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing. I've had this conversation with, with Michael Fisher and a few other folks. Uh-huh. Uh, that are you know you know kind of like very phone focused, and we all kind of agree that somebody needs to make a phone that simplifies, right? Like really mm-hmm. break, it breaks things down to the basics, like calls and maybe uh, calls and and texts and um, you know so that if you really absolutely have to communicate with somebody for an emergency of some kind, you can. But then it has a camera that's really good on it, so you can just continue taking photos, but doesn't let right. you do things like editing or yeah. uploading uh, and, and, and in a conscious way. So it would still let you upload, but it would be automated, right? In the sense that you would set it up ahead of time um, and say, I want to upload, um, you know, I want a button that pops up when I, after I take a photo and mm-hmm. I can review the photo. I can't edit it, but I can review right. it and I can upload it. And when I hit the upload button, it automatically goes to, you know, these three services or whatever, right? And you don't have, you don't have to log into anything. You set it up ahead mm-hmm. of time. And so you're spending your night with friends and you can capture the moments, but you don't have to focus on, you know, the, the overhead of, of dealing with that, where, you know, you're tempted to edit and you're te- you, then you have to spend time like physically uploading and adding, adding a note to things. Um, See, but that would this is something I've a- been trying to be more conscious of, though, is that when I am, on, you know, on a night out with friends and things like that, that I may take a picture, but I'm trying not to upload it while I'm there. I'm trying to be present. Because I have noticed I got really, really bad. I mean, middle of a meal, I'd have my phone out. I'd be checking whatever. And so I'm I'm trying to get to the point where that's not even something I would want. Yes, we'll take a picture or whatever, but the phone goes right back in my pocket and I'm not posting pictures and I'm not constantly updating. Because honestly, if you can't just be there and enjoy what's going on, are you really there? (laughs) You know? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, so imagine something that ran Android that was affordable, mm-hmm. small, light, thin, good battery life, good camera, mm-hmm. um, and had a touchscreen so you can at least text in a comfortable way or add sure. a little note to your photo upload. And even then, I'm not sure to have that functionality in there. But basically, that's kind of what I want to see. And, and, you know, there are a few candidates. Um, I can't remember the name, but there was a phone that uh, I would discuss in a recent podcast that was the second generation of it came out, which has an, um, an o, not an OLED, an e-ink screen, mm-hmm. uh, e-ink touchscreen. So it's basically the, the point of the phone is that it just lets you do texts and calls. But are you talking it, about the punked phone? No, it's not the punk no. phone. It's another one. I don't even know if that has a camera. But, but it's yeah. still, it basically doesn't have, even have a camera, this one. It's just texting yeah. and calls. And the first gen had a numpad, like a, a T9. So texting yeah. was really not even an option. But the whole design is super sleek and super light and super thin and super sexy. Mm-hmm. And it has, uh, and it's not like, it's not cheap, but it has, it has, um, the new one has a, a e-ink panel that's, uh, like like a Kindle that's uh, touch, so you can actually type, you know, just like uh, on the modern Kindles where you can type in your password for your Wi-Fi. So it, it supports texting, which a lot of people wanted because they, you know, uh, they need just just for basic communication. So, you know, I'm kind of thinking expand on that, and and maybe if you can sell this thing for like you know a hundred two hundred dollars, 
uh, but it's really premium, really high quality, and it's still it has a good camera. Uh, it w- would really totally be a weekend phone, right? You could you could yeah. like kind of disconnect from the world in many ways, no, no notifications, nothing, but you could still stay connected in so far that you're you're able to take photos and upload them and share the moment, and you can make a phone call, you can text someone. Um, I think that would be. That would be cool. And I don't know, it's a very niche thing, right? I mean, who's got money for a second phone that would right. cost that much in the first place? Right. There's a lot of ifs here, but but you know, I think this is one of the biggest problems we have as as uh, you know, in culture and society today is that we we are so absorbed by our mobile lives, you know, mm-hmm. as you said, disconnecting is nice. And uh I I haven't taken radical steps to like remove um, you know, remove apps. Like I was thinking of removing some of the social media apps from my phone. So I only mm-hmm. use them on my computer, right? I can still upload, but I can't, you know, really like right, participate right. in conversation. But honestly, I found that ultimately what I need to do is be better at self-regulating, right? So what I've done yeah. is I've, the first thing I did was turn off sound on my phone. This is years ago, like 10 mm-hmm. years ago, I finally decided my phones will no longer make noises. <laughs> I will leave the vibrate on, but that's it. If you, mm-hmm. if, and it's amazing how much your quality of life improves. When I'm near somebody now that has the ringer turned on their phone and keeps getting beeps from, you know, mm-hmm. all the beeps and bloops, I'm like. It's just so rude. Like, what the <laughs> is wrong with you like <laughs> yeah you know I, I i i'm sorry there are probably people listening right now who do this and i, I don't want to be rude but like like no, you're right like it's well, kind of like what yeah yeah no silence that stuff nobody needs to hear that i know so that's one thing uh the other thing is uh you know i, I don't know but i feel like I feel like it's it's would be a better life for all of us if we knew how to kind of disconnect and and so what I do now is I I I really focus on triage right mm-hmm. like I I will mark emails instead of like I'll reply first of all I'll reply to emails I can reply very quickly like in a sentence sure. and because I get so much volume right like you know this from being a yes. tech journalist that yes. I do that but then anything that's more than a line I refuse to answer on my unless it's absolute emergency like you know. Uh, it's critical. And then actually, honestly, I'll, I'll probably pick up the phone and call the person because mm-hmm. honestly, we forget to do that. I think there's an entire generation right now that forgets the basic, simple thing of why don't you call them? Oh my God. Green <laughs> explode. You can make a phone call. Can you believe Mario, that's that? That's me. I don't like to talk on the phone. Neither do I, but the reality <laughs> I'm like, is- send me a text. I have PR people who know to text me and they are the greatest. Sure, I, I agree. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like imagine if you're dealing yes. with a client or some business yeah, thing. And yeah. You can't get this thing to like, you're back and forth in emails. I'm like, Eventually, I just give up and I just pick up the phone and try to call them or pick up WeChat or pick up, you know, Skype or yeah, pick up Hangouts. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be a phone call in a traditional sense, but a voice communication because it's so much faster. Like, you'd be amazed if you haven't made a phone call to arrange something recently. I'm not talking to you, Judy. I know you know this. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the person out here, the listener, trust me, try a phone call sometime. It'll blow your mind because it's so much faster. But but at you're the assuming time. the person you're going to speak to is efficient. How many people right. do you know that you get on the well, phone with them and they will not shut yeah, up or get I to know, the I point? Know, sure, That's why sure. I like texting. I think you're right. Uh, the asynchronous nature of text messaging and messaging in general is is the advantage. But I think that, you know, for me, if I find that, you know, if it's critical, you know, there's a sense of urgency from both sides, right? Immediately yeah. they're like, oh, wait, what's wrong? You're calling. Okay, let's get down to business. And I find that there's no rambling at that point, you know? Um, and, and I think, you know, it also assumes people are going to answer their phone. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But I'm just saying, like, that's kind of how I think of it. And maybe I'm just old-fashioned, but... But no, I feel no, that- I get it. And if I saw that you were calling me, I would answer it. But I promise you that if I didn't recognize the number, it never gets answered ever. Of course, you know, and that's the problem too, is like there's been so much overload with phone calls that we've all learned to filter. So mm-hmm. you see, we've learned to filter phone calls. What we need to do now is learn to filter the rest of the stuff. That's so exactly right. sound off. And then the other thing that I found really works for me is uh, reduce my notifications, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very picky about them now. I, I In Facebook, I only... Um, notify on on messages 
right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody's messaging me must be important. Uh, direct messages on Twitter. Anything else on yes. Twitter, I don't care about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I care about when I get home on my la- on my Mac, right? I look at it and I go like, oh, okay, this is this is cool. I want to be a part. Yeah, but of this do you honestly right need to know every time somebody likes a photo of yours? No. Come on. I mean, how narcissistic are we? Exactly. So that you get it. So I think that's that's the thing. And and to me, that's made my life, uh, you know, really great without Good. feeling like I'm compromising and removing apps and and forcing myself into a corner yeah. in a way. Right. And, and I think this is this is, I, you know, we have the tools. I think the people are taking these radical measures of like, you know, going to a dumb phone or or removing the Facebook app. And I'm like, you, you know, you know, really, you, there's, you all this new, there's all this nuance before that, like all this gray area before that, that you can play with, yes. like notifications and stuff that you don't really have to go there. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, and yeah, look at the settings on your apps. <laughs> honestly, when you're talking about going to a second phone, I mean, how many people want to mess with moving a SIM card over? Since well, no, in the United States thing, in right? particular, we don't get to have clone numbers. Yeah, that's not going to be an issue anymore very soon. I think everybody's well, going to eSIM and you'll just be able it. to like... Go, I mean, you know, Sprint already lets you do it. Uh, AT&T without, is not. <laughs> no, no, I know. It depends on the carrier. T-Mobile right yeah. now lets you have a, two SIM cards under the same phone number if you want. Oh, nice. Okay, so you need to uh, And so that's changing. one solution. E-SIMs are going to change things. Uh, Sprint, for example, again, two SIM cards, two physical mm-hmm. devices, but you can register them on the network to be on the same account and Slick. swap between them by simply logging into your Sprint account and going, I want to use this phone today and click, it's done. Um and so, I mean, there are, if eventually we're going to get to a point where that's, that's trivial. There are going I, to be some alternatives. Okay. I mean, right now, of course, you know, the, the simplest thing is you have to take out your AT&T SIM from your one yes. phone to the other. <laughs> you know how to do that. And that's a hassle. And yes. this scenario I'm envisioning would not, would, would have to be very frictionless on that, on that area. Mm-hmm. So it would, it's not something that I think is for the mainstream, but I think a niche product, you know, niche is where the phone world is going. I I think that the only way we can evolve the phone today is by stopping making basically different sizes and priced uh, slabs of glass and metal and plastic Mm -hmm. that are identical to one another. And I I don't know if you got a chance to look at the podcast topics. I send you a couple of links of a couple of interesting looking phones. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to just even, you don't even have to look at, the text in those links, but just look at the, the one has an animated GIF and the head picture and the other one has uh, just photos of the device and, and they're really interesting. Um, have you seen them? Yeah. So to talk about the one, the Doogie Mix 4, is this the one you were talking about with the GIF? Because that one I think is very interesting with the sliding front. And am I saying that right? Doogie? 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 I don't know what it's called. <laughs> Um, you know, honestly, I see everything I in no print idea. and nobody actually says it. So I, I have a, a word in my mind that I assume is how you say it. And sometimes it's way off. But anyway, I'm saying right, we're going to call it the doogie. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say doogie is what, what doogie. I'm, I'm okay. Doogie. But oh, I, that I, sounds I mean, very that's bougie. That's being very, yeah, bougie doogie. <laughs> uh, you heard it here All first, right. folks. So doogie, the doogie, uh, I don't know what it's called. I need to actually look at the show notes right now. Um, but yeah, but that yeah. phone is Bezelous, no notch. Isn't it um, cool? The idea, like how they cool. how they're yeah. making it work. I was like, yeah, that's. I like that so, idea of sliding it down when you need the camera or when you. Do you want to describe it, it for the listeners? Because I'm going to put a link in the show notes, but I want you to describe it in your own words. We're all trying really hard right now to have phones that have no no bezel, right? But the big problem yes. is we have a notch because we need to put the speaker and all these yes. things in. So what did the they camera. do? Well, what they did is they made it so that the screen of the phone slides down and it reveals, and it's still a very thin phone, but it reveals the camp front-facing camera, the ear speaker. Um, it looks like yeah, it's and cool. maybe even an LED flash for the front. Wow. I okay. think it's it's just the it's no it's the proximity sensor. To oh, is it just proximity? Yeah. I was like, wow, um, check that they do out. Say, okay. The one thing I don't like about it, this story is that it says and, and I'm you know, you know, I know you haven't read it, but in they get into the details a little more and they say that the light sensor is under there. So ah, you, okay. when it's covered, you don't have automatic brightness. To me, why don't like they could easily put that on the ed- top edge of the phone so that it's yeah. always active. Um, to, um so I mean there, this is a, a pre-production prototype kind of design idea more than an actual 
product. Um, it's likely it's going to look very similar when it launches in the winter of 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, I, sh I should say 18, sorry. 18, 19, next winter. Um, so who knows? But it's kind of cool. And, you know, it brings me to this, this thing that I have that, you know, I really wish that, that people would take more chances. That he took that chance with that dual screen phone. Yes, right? the XMM. Yes. The Axon M. And, you know, it was... It took so long to certify that phone that by the time we got it, it had a Snapdragon yeah. 8, 821 and it was a little long in the tooth and the displays are, are not the best quality. So, I mean, there's a lot of... But I liked that they tried. I exactly. mean, they were trying to do something different and I, I love that they went for it. Yeah, I mean, for first try... I mean, it's not the first dual screen phone. There's been no. others, but there's a first try from ZT in the mm -hmm. modern, like in the last year or two, it's the first try in a, re long, in a really long time. And I mm -hmm. felt that as a first try in a really long time, they did pretty well. I feel that that it really definitely is a Gen 1 product with all the kinks uh, of a Gen 1 product. <laughs> and if they stuck to it, and I hate to say this, but if it wasn't ZT, if it was a bigger mainstream manufacturer like Samsung or LG or HTC or, or even, you know, Xiaomi or or, or or Huawei, it would it would have probably been a little bit more refined in its execution, and that's why I'm really excited about these crazy rumors of a folding phone with an actual folding display from Samsung, the Galaxy mm -hmm. X or Galaxy Ten, because we need form. And you know, you brought up the banana phone earlier, eighty one ten from Nokia. They're mm -hmm. reviving it. Of course, it's a feature phone with a T nine keyboard. It's not really what I want, um, but I want to see. But you can play factor. Snake on it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But see, what I'm saying is I want those cool form factors to come back. Yeah. But we, but running on Android and, you know, round the displays with uh, phones with round displays. Or there was a, a render of a phone that is, uh, you know, remember that Nokia phone that the was cut phone. square? square I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it, but it, it was uh, round. Yeah, no, it's not completely round. It's just one, bo the bottom edge is round. So mm -hmm. the top is squared off like a normal phone and the bottom is round. Do you remember okay. that phone that Nokia made years ago um, that had the little uh, round keypad at the bottom? It's kind of like a, a, a modern interpretation of that, but it's not made by Nokia. This was just some, I don't know what, send me the link of the one you're thinking about. I'll send you a photo of the one I'm thinking okay. about. Okay, that sounds good. Nokia, what was that Nokia call? I, um... It was like a 30-something, 30 3200 or something. Anyway, I'll find oh, it. Oh, you're I'll not talking about the um, 3650? 36, yeah, yeah. I think you you might be on the Oh, check me out. <laughs> what was it? 36 okay. what? That was the one with the round, the weird yeah, round dialer. keys on the bottom and the squared off on the top. Okay, yeah. No, I was thinking of something totally round, not not that. No, it no, seemed no, like no, there was a totally compact round. phone. What was the Nokia number? The 36 what? 3650. 50. Okay, you're right. Look at that. Wow. Yeah, so the 36... Imagine an Android phone that looked like a Nokia 3650, mm -hmm. but had a, a display on top that matched that shape. Yeah. Right? So somebody did that, and I'll try to find the link and put it in the show notes, but somebody okay. made a, like a render, not a real, not, not like that yeah. Gigi phone is actually like a, a physical manifestation, like, you know, 3D printed or whatever. But this mm -hmm. would be a complete, just like a pure render. And uh, so let me actually find that because I'm going to Google it right now and say, uh, find me all the phones, an Android phone that looks like a 3650 design. Let's see what I find because. <laughs> Did you see anything pop up? Is it is it no. working? <laughs> oh wait, uh, eleven of the weirdest and wackiest phone designs ever. Let's Excellent. see, <laughs> let's see if it's in there. Uh, oh no, this is actually reminiscing of old phones. Yeah. So anyway, let's you know you you know what I'm talking about. And, yeah. and so those of you listening who don't will have link in the show notes to the original Nokia that I'm mentioning. And if I can find that render, I'll put it in there too. But what I'm trying to get to is I want to see these form factors. I want to see a phone with a rectangular top and a round edge at the bottom. I want to see a phone with a round display, just like you know, kind of like a a makeup. Um, uh, you know, what's it called thing, you know, where you like, you open it and there's a phone. The makeup just, compact. And that's the what compact, I was talking about. And guess yeah. what? In that article yeah. that you found, the weirdest and wackiest phone designs, I just Googled it, found it. And guess which phone is sitting right next to the 8650? I know. 
There the, it is. Yeah, there it is. I know. And then there was the, the taco phone, which was the, you know, the game, the game phone from mm-hmm. the Engage from Nokia. And then there was the lipstick phone that oh looked God. like a bar of lipstick. Yes, yes. I mean, Nokia was the king of this. But I think that there's room for maybe not going quite this crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but, but maybe apply some of this stuff to Android so that the user experience is still mostly the same. But we are looking at phones that look unique and different. Yes. And, and you don't have unique to Unique and different even, would be so right. good because, I mean, how bored are you right now with just I'm the so rectangular bored. slab of glass? I'm so bored. So speaking of, the other phone that I found this week that kind of made me want to have a discussion with you about phone design was... Other than the Doogie, Doogie, Doogie Hauser, uh, was <laughs> <Doogie>. the Zetchi, <laughs> Zetchi double notch phone. And the reason I bring that up is because it's not because there's two notches, please. Like, oh, I have one more notch than you. I'm right, than right. You. That's not the point. Of course, that's kind of gimmicky. Notches are very controversial. But if you look at the photos of that phone, and again, I'll put the article in the show notes, it has these, this kind of cool design where the glass corners are. Like they protruding extend. in the corners. Yeah. Of course, that's not going to do very well when it falls. But no. <laughs> the point is that they're trying something different. And yes. it looks different. And it, it's still a slab of glass and plastic with the traditional fixings of a phone, the fingerprints on the back. It basically looks like a phone. It's undeniably a phone. But it makes you go, oh, that yeah. is different. That is cool. And this is kind of what I want them to do. Like... You remember there was a Motophone a while back uh, on uh, Sprint that had, uh, this is maybe about four or five years ago, that mm-hmm. had, um, uh, you know, uh, the corners were cut. Like, like if you like took scissors and cut the four corners of the phone, hmm. it was the Photon, I think. Motorola Photon? Let me look. Let me. Let me Google. Motive. This is what I love about this show, where I go down <laughs> the rabbit hole and when I Google Rabbit holes are good. And, yeah, lo, Motive yeah, Photon okay. 4G. Photon. You see how it's got mm-hmm. the cut angled corners? Now, yes. you know, I'm not sure this was very, very beautiful, but it was interesting. And, you know, really where thick. are those? Yeah, well, I mean, come on. It's like, <laughs> what year is this? I don't know. Uh, right, let's right. see. What year did this come out? It says 2011, right? Oh my God. So, and it was also, I think it was a rugged phone. So at the time it was kind of unique in that sense. There weren't mm-hmm. too many rugged phones. But the point is, this is what I want to see. We don't see this anymore. It's like nobody's doing anything cool. Like the coolest thing we've seen recently is that beautiful color on the P20 Pro called mm-hmm. Twilight. You know, the one where it like goes like a rainbow? Yes. And that is I mean, beautiful. That's cool. But overall, like it's just from the front, it looks very boring from the back. But how is that any different than, exactly. do you remember back whenever Motorola Razor was like, oh, we have it in pink or yeah, Palm Trio. Exactly. Oh, we have it I in know. pink. How's that any different? It's still a basic phone. It just has yeah. a cool color. So, yeah. I mean, give me something more than just color. I want to be wowed with form factor. I want to see something that makes me go, okay, I need that phone. Because that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And have you felt exactly. that any time recently, Miriam, at all? Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel bored. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I just don't find, I should have said, you, no, I haven't felt like innovation. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I, what I'm saying by yes is I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It just, so, I don't know. I, 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 I get tired of saying to people when they ask me, oh, have you seen anything exciting at such and such show? And I'm like, well, it seems to be more evolutionary than revolutionary. I don't want evolutionary. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want someone yeah. I want someone to wow me and I want to be surprised and I don't want to have seen 60,000 articles about the leaked design before it's announced. I want something that just whips my head back and makes me go, "Holy cow, what is that? I need it." But yeah. I haven't seen it. And and honestly, you know, I think that's kind of that laziness that's happening right now yeah. is that the only way they're able to make interesting designs anymore is by reviving old phones like Nokia's doing. And don't get me wrong, I don't wanna I'm not bashing Nokia <laughs> for doing it. I love that they're doing it because it's hitting all my nostalgia buttons. But at the same time, I'm like, it's kinda like, you know, with car design when there was it's, a period yes. of time in the early two yes. thousand when the new Mini came out, the new Fiat five hundred yes. came out, and the new Thunderbird came out, which didn't last yes. very long. 
no. and a bunch of these retro designs came out and I'm like they were cool they were fun but but it's like do we it's like you know remakes of old Hollywood movies right oh it's my like, god on, you just like, hit both of the things I thought of when you said that it's so funny alright fine I'm just gonna sit here and listen to you no I'm, I'm kidding. sorry no no no, no I mean, but you're right you, you're right it's like there think? is there is a a a nostalgia to it and there is a desire to see something new put into something that is old to make the old exciting again. But I feel like we're to a point now that we need to break away from it completely and do something hundred percent new, take a chance and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think nobody's willing to do that because at least in the U S the only way you're going to be successful is by, you know, by spending, being in bed with the carriers and the carriers are not going right. to take risks. Right. And if you're Samsung, you want to be able to, your, your primary objective is to compete with Apple. If you're Apple, your primary objective is to compete. Well, I, I actually, it's probably not true because Apple just lives in their own world. Yeah, but I, don't I think, think they, they care. They are well aware that Samsung is a yeah. force to be reckoned with. And obviously they need to stay competitive with Samsung, which is why at the same time as they launched the iPhone 10, they also continued launching the, the old school phones, you mm -hmm. know, the 8 and 8 Plus, which are more their old design philosophy, right. um, because they don't want to alienate their uh, their users. And so right. I think that's the alienating the users, alienating the carriers is a big deal. Even Apple is very cautious and very evolutionary, even though in the past they've been very revolutionary in their products. And so I think that I'm not expecting this from the big guys, to be honest with you, but at the same time, you know, they, the big guys have the resources to try new things. Look, right. Samsung gave us the Note and the Note stuck, right? Big phones mm -hmm. are a thing. People like them. They're real. They're, they're the, yes. almost the norm now. And, yes. and you know, you can't even say phablet anymore. It's irrelevant. You can say, <laughs> right. well, I've got a Note, so it's bigger than a Galaxy, you know? And that's basically, everybody understands the Note is the biggest phone that Samsung makes um, with the most specs every year. And... And that's, that's reality. But at the same time, you know, they took their chance. They took that chance with, remember the Galaxy camera? Mm -hmm. And that didn't fly. Mm -hmm. But it was a cool <laughs> idea, I thought, at the yeah. time. Um, and so that's what I'm saying. It's like we need somebody to take a bit chances. more chances. Yeah. And somebody that's got the budget to do it, where if it doesn't make it, it doesn't bankrupt them. Yeah. It, yeah. So Huawei, ZTE, uh potentially Samsung and Apple, of course, but I think they're more concerned with their, you know, with pumping out the, the, the they're competing with each other so hard that I think they're mostly concerned about that. And it's too bad. I mean, LG, obviously, and H HTC is now part of Google. I don't think we're going to see too much from them. We're probably going to see mm -hmm. a U12 this year, and that's mm -hmm. it. But, uh, but here's one that I think is ripe for the picking. And I'm bringing them up to segue into kind of like the leaks and rumors section of the show. Awesome. But, but one plus six, right? Mm -hmm. we, we know it's coming sometime soon. I don't know when. Like, I don't have one, obviously. But it's just like, it's just like, we know pretty much everything there is to know about their phone. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's just evolutionary at this point. There's a Snapdragon 845, of course. There's a mm -hmm. notch on the display, supposedly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but but so what? Like, how diff How much different is this from the 5T? The 5T had pretty much an, an all-screen an all, all screen display. Uh, an all, uh, sorry, an entire, you know, cover the entire phone display right, almost right. with the 18.9. Almost. And now you add a notch to that, so it's a bit more screen. And then a Snapdragon 845 is a no-brainer because that's the latest chip but like what i want to know is you know how does it differ in design does it really is it another of the oppo phones rebranded basically you know because <laughs> as much as people you know oneplus doesn't want to say this they're, they're they're very coy about it all the time but it's like we all know that they share designs with oppo and that's okay or they share resources i shouldn't say designs because they're not designs, designs their own. though yeah but but, yeah. but but resources and you see that because sometimes phones look very similar between the two makers and you know what it's okay i don't have a problem with that i'm just saying like they seem to be very uh uneasy about that when you talk to them about it mm -hmm. and i don't think they should be but what i think they should do is really you know um, they're one of the few niche players that I think have, because they're part of that larger Oppo group of companies that has the resources to do something different. And they should really pursue that. I think that they could give us a unique design. The, the three and three T were pretty, you know, uh, within the mold of what a phone should look like, but at least they had a personality that made it very obvious that they were one plus phones. Mm -hmm. Whereas I felt that with the five and the five T, 
the design shops have just gone out the window. It's just, you know, whatever generic design they could tack on that thing. And so I'm kind of hoping the six breaks that mold. I know it's not going to be radical, but I think OnePlus is the company that I would feel is most likely to be able to get away with doing an unusual but not revolutionary. Not like revolutionary, revolution? but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going design. to agree with you because I've been really impressed with what OnePlus has put out. Oh, and yeah, I love, their phones I love are their awesome. direction. And yeah, the fact that they are, they blow my mind, honestly, because it's like they came out of nowhere and created a phone that was affordable and had great specs and they've just run with it. But it's like, I want to see them do something revolutionary because you're right. They are a company that could do it. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't have to be like completely insane. I'm just saying, no, like, no, those no, two designs we just saw from Duji and Zati, you know, riff on that. Give us something riff new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't, it doesn't, have, like, it can still have a rectangular screen with one or two notches. It can still have all the specs we expect and two cameras in the back in some row of some sort. But why don't you make the case look more interesting? Like, some right. weird angles and corners and sh shapes. Like, remember when oh HTC God. came out HTC with the diamond? HTC Diamond, yes. Yeah, it was just like, we were blown away. Like, like a phone can look this yeah, good, like yeah. especially from HTC, because until then everything they made was cheap gray plastic. Remember yes, that? Yes. That cheap painted plastic that you know <laughs> if you scratched on it a little too much, the paint would come off, and oh my this God. ugly like white plastic underneath. It was like oh my god, like cheap. But cheap, then the yeah. diamond came out, and it actually felt good in your hand. It fit into the palm. With, yeah, which was weird because it wasn't something you thought would happen, you know, with all those crazy facets on the back, but it was a comfortable phone to hold. But I'm going to back up for one second, Miriam. I'm yeah. laughing at the fact that every phone company now seems to be putting the notch after everybody made so I much know. fun of Apple. <laughs> Explain that to me. It's like, okay, they're going to make fun of it, but now everybody's doing it. Everybody. Well, look, I think that, you know, it's, it's monkey, you know, the monkey <laughs> copy thing, right? Uh, yes. well, to some extent, but I think also there's another thing happening here and I think it's cultural, right? Mm -hmm. um, most of the phone makers are based in Asia, right? Uh, you know, Korea and China and Taiwan and Taiwan being HTC and Asus, uh, Korea being LG and Samsung, and then you get the rest in China. Mm -hmm. And, and the reality is that culturally in, in, in Asia, you know, you want to be seen with the coolest toy, right? Mm -hmm. You want, people want to be able to see you use a phone and go, oh, that's, you know, that's cool. And so right now, you know, Apple with the iPhone 10 kind of re re reinvented the phone for themselves and what mm -hmm. they felt the phone should look like and be like. And to make their face ID work that they create, they wanted a full screen display. They couldn't pull it off. They needed the sensors up there for face ID. They made a notch. They were very caref careful because they're design centric to make a notch that, you know, looked good in terms of like the, you know, the, the round angles. It's mm -hmm. all very, very carefully crafted and designed. Of course, what they, I think, failed at doing is providing a way to avoid the notch in software for like photos and yeah. videos, which, as you know, the P20 does very well, P20 Pro. And, and, and of course, uh, you know, others uh, like uh, other Android phones, like it looks like the, the OnePlus and others are going to, are going to do this as well. So, so the reality is Apple could in software improve the notch experience, but in mm -hmm. terms of hardware design, I think they nailed the notch. And so now these manufacturers are looking at this and going, Hey, you know, I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to copy this, right? Because when my users buy my phone, people perceive them as having an iPhone. And if you look like the vertical arrangement on the cameras, P20, P20 Pro has it. Um, uh, Zenfone 5 has it. I wouldn't be surprised if the OnePlus has it. The reality is a lot of people are copying that iPhone 10 iconic design with the notch and the layout of the cameras in the back because in those cultures, it's like, you know, you want to be seen like having the best. You can't necessarily afford the best or the most expensive, depending on what your perspective is on the iPhone right. 10. Uh, and, and so you, you settle for something lesser, but you don't want to be perceived that way. And, and, you know, I could be wrong, but I've spent a lot of time in Asia and that's kind of the feel that I get. No, I and understand that it also, it, it almost, it sounds sad almost though. Okay. I can't, I can't afford the Apple 10. So I'm going to go buy this phone because it looks like one that, that I don't know. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like that, that almost dismisses the work that these other phone companies are doing 
because yeah. it's um it's almost like okay, your phone has a iPhone 10 esque look to it. And that's why people are buying it. It's not because you've got a fantastic camera or you've got a better screen or you've got a faster processor. It's because it looks like an Apple 10 and um, or iPhone 10. And I can't afford that, but I can afford this. You know, I don't know. That's almost dismissive, Miriam. (laughs) Yeah, well, I look. I'm not trying to be this. I'm just I'm just stating my observations. I'm not sure that's actually the reality of things, but it's interesting to me that this has happened and and you look at it, it's not the first time. I mean, it's very clear mm-hmm. that, you know, phone manufacturers have been copying Apple. Like, I mean, the P10 last year, do you remember the P10? Huawei did yes. the P9 the year yes. before. It was an awesome mm-hmm. phone, but it flew under everybody's radar because it looked very much like a Huawei phone. Mm-hmm. And people did not understand that design language. And then they said, we want to reach a broader audience. We want to compete with Apple and Samsung. And literally the P10 and P10 Plus last year were like clones of the iPhone. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they look like mm-hmm. iPhones. Yeah. It was insane. Like OnePlus with a 5 <laughs> They're the clone of the iPhone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's, and it's like, it's it's not just the 10. It's been going on for a while. Oh, no, that's I mean, absolutely Remember true. the original Samsung? Like they had Samsung had an Apple lawsuit because mm-hmm. yes. the original Galaxy looked like so much like like an original iPhone that it was yeah. insane. And, and I think this is going on. Like I'm not judging. I'm just observing. And I'm trying to understand it based on my experience. I agree, though, that it's sad. I, and this is what I'm saying. It's like these companies... You know, ZT has shown it with the Axon M. Huawei is doing some interesting things. They're very, very iterative, but interesting in design with the colors and and stuff like that. Um, you know, others have tried different things like ZT and Duji there recently mm-hmm. on these prototypes. Let's make those things real. Right? Let's, let's yeah. have these manufacturers come up with their own personality that defines what and we know this will never happen, but that defines what Apple might copy rather than the other way around, right? Well, no, and actually it does happen though. I mean, think about how many it? Android features wind up getting copied eventually. Features, but design, industrial in design iPhones. and hardware? Yeah, but I'm not sure about industrial design <laughs> Not so much, you're right, you're right. But I mean, other features. So I mean, there are, there are instances where it crosses over. And if somebody were to do something really amazing, I could see where Apple would, oh, okay, well, maybe we should try that which no for sure yeah yeah i mean look i think to me here's one company that i feel samsung has broken that mold mm-hmm. samsung is the only one that has created their own industrial design finally they nailed it it started with the galaxy s6 mm-hmm. evolved with the seven evolved further with the eight and, and now nine magnificent you know the nine is mm-hmm. kind of like the ultimate manifestation of that yeah and i hate to say it but you know whether you like galaxies or not it's a unique design it looks samsung it's samsung mm-hmm. it's not apple it's not anybody else and no, i want Huawei it. to it's find nice. their voice and i want yeah. you know these companies like oneplus i oneplus is the best one to find their voice because there's such a niche market of early adopter tech savvy mm-hmm. folks that want the best specs at a reasonable price point right. that they could differentiate on design so hard to really define who they are but they don't do that and that's kind of what i don't understand yeah so mm. there you have it Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what? who do you think other than OnePlus could be a good candidate? P- Google? Hmm. What about the Pixel? Could Google make the Pixel more their thing? I mean, they've tried. You know, Pixel is unique looking mm-hmm. with a bar of glass in the back. I, I think that for a brand, the Google Pixel phones, I think that they absolutely could. And I mean, who has more money than Google to do research to find... You know, the the research and development that would be needed to make a really cool, unique new phone design. Why couldn't they? Right. And so, again, there you go. So thanks for bringing that up. You know, Google is one of them. OnePlus is one of them. Of course, Mm -hmm. you've seen ZTE. Mm -hmm. I think Huawei. Huawei has got such deep pockets. And, of course, we know Samsung's working on the Galaxy 10, Galaxy X, whatever, folding phone. Yeah. But but you know who else there is, in my opinion, that we're completely missing right now? And they are kind of doing it, but they're not. It's LG. Nokia. Oh, Nokia. No, Nokia. Okay. Because think about it. Like they're resuscitating these old designs. Like, yeah. Oh, like, well, you know, yeah. yeah. We talked about that. But mm-hmm. what if they did something for an Android phone for a change? Like they now make Android phones. Yeah. They've been very successful in their first year. Mm-hmm. Maybe in addition to all the other models they make that are, you know, kind of like their bread and butter. Yeah. Maybe they can start experimenting with something a little different. But the Shiroko, for example, you know, mm-hmm. that they launched. 
at MWC, their high-end one, mm-hmm. is basically looks like a Galaxy. You know, the design yeah. is a copy of the guy. And I'm like, come on, Nokia, you can do better than that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's no, beautiful. It's got the same beveled hinges. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, um, speaking of other rumors, uh, there's a couple of others that are uh, worthwhile. So, of course, lots of OnePlus Six leaks. I'll I'll mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll link to the to the to the latest leaks and and the OnePlus. I have a feeling that phone's going to drop any day now. And then uh, we're starting to see more activity around an LG G7 ThinQ, mm-hmm. which would be the new flagship for LG. You know, LG has been pretty innovative over the years in design, and they have certainly their own design language now. But I feel mm-hmm. it's very tame, like very very kind of like held back, you know, they're, it feels to me like, you know, they're under the shadow, they're kind of behind the shadow of Samsung because they're number two in Korea Mm -hmm. and they're kind of struggling with that. And, you know, the numbers aren't there for them. So they're not wanting to take too many chances. Uh, But I feel that they have their own design language and I feel like the V30 really kind of like defines the current LG design language. So I hope that the G7 ThinQ evolves that. Have you seen the photos of it? Oh, the I leaks? have with the notch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, with the notch. What is your take on it? Yes, mean, yes. It's, is, are you feeling kind of like, yeah, me too, whatever, I'm not interested? Or are you saying like, I can see some LG design language in there? Well, what's your take on that? You know, honestly, the leaked pictures that I've seen, it looks like it could be any other phone that's coming out with a fuller, you know, a, a bigger screen and a notch. I, I, yeah. I just, I'm over it. <laughs> it's kind of boring, huh? Yeah. But, but, but I mean, put one in my hand and let me try it and it may shine. I don't know. But I mean, just the V30 looking at was the pictures, a great phone. Yeah, I know. The V30 was a great phone. I wouldn't be surprised. And the G6 was also a good phone. Mm-hmm. I hope the G7 really lives up yeah. to our expectations. Then the other one, and I want to kind of hear your thoughts on this. Um, BlackBerry Key 2 or Key 1 version 2, whatever you want to call it. We're going to call it the Key 2. Yeah, the phone with the keyboard that Mm -hmm. was a really big hit last year. Not in sales, but in terms of media attention. And I mean, at Google I.O., all the cool kids had a Key 1. Like, I was hanging out with, like, you know, uh, Mr. Mobile, Michael, and (laughs) Joshua Vergara. Mm -hmm. And we all, and I had one too, and we all were there with our Key 1s going, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the Pixel phone event, but uh, we're but I have with a our key, key one. ones. And the yes. PR folks from Google were like, what is going on here? Like, did we miss a memo or something? It was awesome. Let um, me tell you, you t- that phone was so well built. I right? really was impressed with it. Um, I still have mine. I mean, it's a great phone. The problem for me, and we've kind of talked about this in the past, is that going from using my thumbs and, you know, doing everything on the screen to having to type with my thumbs again, I didn't realize that it was going to be so hard. I, I, I thought I'd just fall right back honestly, into it. I couldn't, I couldn't get used to it. Like, I, I couldn't I, either. There's, there's nothing wrong with the key one. It is no, an amazing it is phone in every phone. way. Like the keyboard is so well sorted. It feels yes. great. Yes. The, 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 the fact that you can use it as a trackpad to like scroll through yes. things. The fact that it has a fingerprint reader in the, in the <sighs> space. So bar. many Everything innovations. It it's is, a fantastic phone. But yes. <laughs> but I could not use a keyboard. I, I was like, no. Thank you. And I even I went out of my way to turn it off to where the, the regular on-screen keyboard would never <laughs> pop up because I would use it. So I, yeah, I wound up yeah. making sure it never popped up and making myself, forcing myself to use the keyboard. And Miriam, it was not my thing. I know it wasn't my thing either, but I recognize that it's such a great phone for some people. It is. Really hit the mark. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And so I am excited about the key too. You know, there's, there's a leak of the photos of it. It looks like a sleeker, thinner, mm-hmm. more, you know, uh, less, slightly less over-designed like last year's yeah. uh, version. And I'm sure the specs will continue to reflect, you know, super battery life with mid-range specs mm-hmm. in a bulletproof enclosure. Uh, and the keyboard is going to be awesome. But yeah, as you said, like, I don't think I'll be able to, like, I'll get one, I'll love it, and I'll use it for a while. And, exactly. But ultimately, it's going to be hard to sway me back. I mean, I type so fast on glass now. Same. Yeah. So much. I mean, honestly, I'm almost as fast typing on glass with two thumbs that I am typing on a laptop 
Yeah. Uh, spe- you know, and I don't use any of the weird autocomplete or tracing keyboards, you know, yeah, the ones either. where you like slide because I, I, I could never get into them. No. And yeah. the autocompletes, every now and then I, I will use it when it's the second time I'm editing the word that I'm typing because I'm <laughs> typing it wrong and yes. I get frustrated. I'm like, oh, it's yes. sitting right in front of me on the mm-hmm. autocomplete bar tap. But yeah. usually I don't even look at that. I just, you know, I don't, I touch type basically yeah. with my thumbs and I get it mostly right. It's kind of amazing how good the, the, the keyboards have gotten both. Yes. I use um, Gboard on both the iPhone and, and Google phones. It's my mm-hmm. favorite keyboard. It's probably not the best, but I like that it's consistent and feels the same and has the same layout on everything. So, yeah. Well, that's all that matters. Honestly, it's what you're comfortable with so that you are faster and more you know accurate. That, that to me, it's not... I actually usually wind up staying with the stock keyboards, you know, um, okay. on the iPhone. I just use that one. I don't worry about anything else on, on my Android phones. I'll just use the one that comes with it. And it's because I'm not, I don't need the slides. I don't need all of the extra stuff. I just need to be able to quickly tap it out and it's laid out fine for me. Works yeah, well absolutely. For me. I mean, if it <laughs> yeah. works, that's great. Yeah. So you don't have a special keyboard you like better nope, than others. Sure don't. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's good. That's interesting. I used to be that way, but then, you know, I started using, because I use a Pixel or a Nexus as yeah, my main phone yeah. all the time, I really got used to that keyboard and, and then it became available on the other phones. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, let's make it easy <laughs> so for give myself. Give me that, yeah. Uh, yeah, give me some of that the Google <laughs> Gboard love. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think it's kind of interesting that this key two should be popping up at some point. Um, I don't know. I... I it's a little behind this year. I mean, last year it came out, you know, like right after MWC, and now mm-hmm. we still don't have one. I'm hoping it shows up before June. That would be great. Surely. But we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> I think we've covered everything. Oh I, I think you should pimp yourself and tell people where they can find you online, your Twitter, your website, all that good stuff. Very easy to find. GearDiary.com and Twitter is at GearDiary and also at GearDiary site if you just want to follow our feed. So, hey, Miriam, thank you so much for having me. This was fun and I cannot believe we sat here and talked for no this No problem. Uh, there's a couple of things we need to do still. Uh, I want to mention our uh, lovely, lovely sponsor, Audible.com. If you want ebooks, if you like ebooks, if your life is all about reading books and you don't have time to read them, but you have time to listen to them, check out audible.com. They're our sponsor. They're awesome. And if you go to the link in the show notes and want to start a subscription with Audible, um, if you click on that link, you will support the podcast. Uh, so it's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. If you don't want to go to the show notes, type that URL into your browser right now and sign up for Audible and the podcast will benefit from that. Thanks to Audible for being our sponsor. I really love it. Uh, I've been listening to William Gibson novels, the early ones all over again lately. Do you listen to ebooks? I mean, yes, e-books, I do. Audiobooks? <laughs> well, yes, I have an Audible subscription. And, um, and what, what's you listening to right now? What's your thing? Well, the last book I listened to was The Hate You Give. And um, it was a really great book with a fantastic narrator. And I can't even think of her name. It's, um, oh, well, it doesn't matter. But anyway, that book was fantastic. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. There you go. Not only do we have an awesome sponsor, but we have an awesome <laughs> guest using our awesome sponsor Absolutely. and giving you their recommendations. You guys all know where to find me on Twitter. I'm at Tankgirl. That's at T-N-K-G-R-L. And it's like the comic book character, but just drop the vowels. And, um, you know... Instagram is the same handle. My YouTube channel isn't though. So it's youtube.com slash Miriam Joar. Spell out my full name with Y, Miriam. Um, that will get you some videos that are complimentary to this podcast, like unboxings. And it's like sometimes I do reviews. Sometimes I'll have interviews. Sometimes I do hands-ons. Basically, if you want to see the phones up close and personal with my rants on top, that's the channel to go to. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to the podcast. If you don't know how to do that, visit mobile techpodcast.com and then you know click on all the options there's options for pocket cast for itunes for uh for just rss feed if you want to uh, add it to an, an unusual podcast app and uh you can also find us by searching for uh, mobile tech podcast and my name my my handle tankerl tnkgrl on uh, pocket cast and on itunes so you know where to find me subscribe tell your friends let's grow this show and thanks for coming judy it's such a pleasure to have you Thank you. 
All right, we'll see you all next week. Thanks again. Cheers. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.